Hey, you all. Welcome to Active and Connected Families, and happy holidays. Today, I'm sitting with Caroline and Sarah, and we're talking about the value of developing intergenerational relationships, meaning the relationships we develop with folks that are different ages than us. For those of you who are new, Sarah, Caroline, and I started podcasting together years ago as therapists with different perspectives. Caroline's in her 30s, I'm in my 40s, and Sarah's in her 50s. And we had a ball chatting and have developed what I call a touchstone relationship. Nothing really happens until I talk to them about it in life. In this episode, we discuss how we became friends and the unique roles that we play in each other's lives. Like last week, when I spoke with my dearest friend, Casey Wilson, And the week before, when I talked with Hussein, Saeed, and Ayat about how to create community, this episode focuses on relationships and giving time and space to making friends with people who are different than us. There are tons of benefits, as you'll hear. I hope y'all are able to hold both the grief and joy that come with this holiday season. I'm thinking about you, and I can't wait to talk to y'all in the new year. Happy holidays! Active and Connected Families is a smart, relatable conversation with me, Dr. Amanda Sovic-Johnston, child psychologist, mother of three, and entrepreneur. I've spent my career providing family therapy and supporting high-achieving mothers, and maybe even more hours with my girlfriends trying to figure out how we can all feel more confident in our work and our relationships. And you all, there's one thing I've noticed. We're all struggling in some of the same places and we're all looking for some down-to-earth advice that we can actually use. So on Active and Connected Families, I'll share some of the insights I've learned, strategies for those daily fights about laundry, some expert perspective on the bigger issues like the mental health crisis, and me chatting with my therapist friends about how we can all feel a little more active and connected in our lives. Throughout, I hope to make you laugh at least once but I know I'll leave you with something that'll help you become a better parent and maybe even person. Thanks so much for listening. Hi guys. Hi. Hey, how are you guys? Great. We've been sitting here chatting about our relationships for 10 minutes already and it feels great. I love it. So let's dive right in, which is essentially what we're going to talk about today is intergenerational relationships and the importance of intergenerational relationships. By the way, I just looked it up and there's a difference between intergenerational relationships and multi-generational relationships. Multi-generation means that essentially it's different generations that are doing things side by side. Intergenerational means that you're doing it together. So guys, this is an intergenerational podcast. (laughs) Wow. Who knew old people could parallel play? I mean, that is what it is, right? Yeah. That's so wild. So fascinating. But I think we, well, actually, I came up with the idea to talk about this because it's the holiday season. And usually at the holidays, we talk about traditions and family and stuff. And I was like, it's getting kind of old. We've already done it twice. (laughs) So I thought this would be a fun topic, but I want to hear like what you all thought about this topic. Well, I'm old. I think it's a fun topic. Do you really? Yeah. I think it's a fun topic. Why do you guys think it's a fun topic though? I feel so lucky to have so many women in particular in my life of like all ages. Why, Caroline? <laughs> Why, wise Caroline? Yeah. Why, young one? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, 
I don't know. I mean, I think you can have such like beautiful friendships with people who aren't your age. Like I have friends, like I call them friends. I think people sometimes look at me weirdly. I have like close friends who are in their 60s or close to their 60s. And it's a different perspective. It's a different kind of friendship, but there's so much value in it that is different from my friendships with people who are close to my age. I agree. I mean, I remember moving and being on my own in my 20s and starting a job. And there was a woman who really mentored me that was probably mid 40s or early 50s. And she was, I mean, she was my friend. She's still my friend. And she wasn't my parent, which was helpful, but she was my friend and could also offer kind of sage advice in times where I needed it, but also could be my equal in a way that my parent couldn't be, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's just, I know, I mean, I feel like when I have moments where I'm having like a life stage freak out, (laughs) talking to either of you, right, has this like calming effect where I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. Whereas if I talk to one of my peers who's in the same life stage, I feel like it just like the anxiety feeds off of each other. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. That's a really good example, actually. That's a genius example because I also feel the same way. So... I do it a lot in my um, locker room at swim team, y'all, because I'm swimming. It's a lot of retired people who are on my swim team because they can come to a mid-afternoon swim practice. Like who's going to a 1230 swim practice? Me and retired folks. So when I'm in the locker room, I'll be like, this is happening and this is happening and how do I handle this? And they just bring me down because they've got the perspective. Mm -hmm. They don't spin out with me. You're totally right. Well, and I think there's sometimes like that nice feeling of being in it together, right? Like, oh, they can like, you know, people your own age totally get it or people with kids the same age, right? There's like that, they just get it in a certain way. But I think there's also sometimes, yeah, that like feeding into like, we're all anxious about the exact same thing. And Sarah, you were, I think you were saying this before we started about like how different our experiences were just during COVID. Right. Well, and even like, you know, obviously, Caroline, you're closer to my daughter's age than you are to mine. And so there were times where I know I would talk to both of you about something going on with her and you both would be like, it's fine. And I'd be like, okay. Like that piece was helpful. We would bring you down. You would be spinning out and we would bring you down. Oh, absolutely. Many, many times. I had no idea about that. Oh, really? Oh, well, thank you. I should have thanked you at the time then. Well, no, but I mean, like, when I conceptualize it, I I was literally one second ago thinking like, we should talk about, you know, how older people calm us down because that's the experience Caroline and I were both talking about. How mm-hmm. did younger people calm you down, Sarah? Like, how did we help with that? Well, I think, I mean, obviously just being my friends, you calm me down, but with things specifically, if I shared something like about my daughter with, with something, if I were concerned, you both, and not as therapists, but more as my friend and just having your own life experiences would say, oh no, I totally remember that in high school. Or I totally remember feeling that way, or that's totally normal. Like, don't worry. You know? And I'd be like, oh, okay. Cause I mean, I, last time I was 18 was a long time ago, or last time I was 16 was a long time ago, but less long for you all. And, um, and so, yeah, that was very comforting and very helpful. Well, that makes sense to me too, because I can imagine even just social media, and this is not what you're talking about, Sarah, but well, partly. <laughs> but but raising a child in a social media age, and you could talk to Caroline who understands social media mm-hmm. and then have a vision of like, and she's gonna be okay. Like Caroline is okay. Therefore, mm-hmm. there's like a closer vision of another kid who's gonna be okay in this new day and age. Mm-hmm. Is that right? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And even, you know, my daughter has spoken to both of you before at different times, just as, you know, older friends as well. Like she's, you know, probably, I don't know if it was anything serious, but she's definitely, she has relationships with both of you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Or separate from me, which is also really comforting for me. Like I find that comforting. Of course. I think, you know, knowing that she has relationships with people that you like and trust and, and we are more, Caroline's way more accessible than I am to your daughter, right? As a, as a 30 year old talking to an 18 year old, that's very different than a 42 year old talking to an 18 year old, but knowing that it's like a trusted and approachable and relatable person probably really helps. Right. And I think that that's probably true of a lot of parent for a lot of parents as, as they age and have kids facing things um, as, especially as they become young adults and, and, you know, obviously as surface as things, I mean, I reached out to both of you all as surface as, Hey, where can I recommend, you know, buying clothes or shoes Mm -hmm. or something like that, that were right. Right. I mean, I did that a lot. Um, And partly that speaks to my own fashion sense, but um, (laughs) also just on deeper issues that maybe are not something, you know, you, you really do want people that your kids will seek that you that you feel will be reliable and trustworthy adults and and if you can help even your kids connect to other adults that are younger that will be more relatable i mean that's that's a gift to the parent really i think i think it's a completely a gift to the parent and i think that as the parent sarah you essentially have to nurture and develop that relationship yes. right caroline has to think you have to give some time for caroline in order for caroline to develop the time with your daughter yes you know what i mean and yeah. so in many ways i think that adults need to be making significantly more space for people that are about 10 to 20 years younger than them because that really helps their kids mhm absolutely and then i think like the other end like we were talking about reaching out to older, the older population. I mean, it is interesting because if you think about your own friends, your own parents' friends, for example, mm-hmm. and um, and like when we go home for holidays, like I get excited to see some of my parents' friends. A million. Yeah. I really like them. They're fun. Well, and it's like such an interesting thing for where I am, right? Like some of the people like that I'm now close friends with who are in their 60s, right? I did know them at like 16, 17, 18, right? Or like for your daughter, you know, 10 years Mm -hmm. from now, I like hope that I'm still in her life somehow, like briefly, Mm -hmm. right? But it's like this cool thing that they have seen how you've changed and they have this like different lens than the friend that you meet at 30, right? I don't know. It's just like such a beautiful thing. And I think it's a really cool thing on the younger side to go from like, being a kid, right. And knowing you're just like, Oh, this is like my mom's friend that like is really nice to me to like actually being an equal in some way and knowing that like, Oh, I can grow up and we can have this other kind of friendship that isn't just you're my mom's friend. And I think we all need that because we desperately need other perspectives, right? Like I need other perspectives from people that are different than me, people that are younger than me and people that are older than me. That helps me. But sometimes it is too loaded with my own mom. Mm-hmm. It, and, and there's too much baggage. There's not really mom, by the way, but 
but in many cases there could be, um, cause my mom is listening. I know. Thanks mom. <laughs> Thanks Kay. Thanks Fran. But it's really helpful to have another person with a different perspective. That's not your parent because you can take it in better. You can hear it better if it's a different person, not your parent. Oh, absolutely. And you. it's totally what we do. I yeah. can say the same thing to a client that their mom has told them 10 times and it sits differently because I'm not their mom. Oh, that I mean, I sometimes feel so guilty that I'm being paid to repeat what their parents are saying to them and just it's working because I'm not their parent. And, and we know our role. Like many times when that comes up, I'm essentially like, I know my role. And the parents are like, we know your role too. I mean, it's we all know the role. And it, I think it is sad essentially that people sometimes just pay. We're doing more than just giving a different perspective, everybody who's listening. And oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a piece of it, you know, is giving a perspective from a different age, essentially, that's not apparent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, think about the things that the three of us have talked about just in the, over the last couple of years that, um, you know, we we might not like. I'm not sure I would necessarily be talking about it with my own peer group, even. But it's interesting, or it's something that matters to me, or it's something that I value because it matters to you guys, um, or the things that maybe we've talked about um, that my perspective is completely different because I did it already and have survived something or walked through something that you guys are walking through in the present. Um, you know, whether it be relationships or little kid, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and can say like with great kindness, like, oh yeah, that's hard, but you'll be fine. Like it's okay, it'll work out. It's it this is, you know, you'll be it, you'll be okay on the other side of that. It'll be absolutely okay. And I think that, like, even though you might know that in your core, it is awfully reassuring to have somebody else be able to say that out loud. And I think un- not unlike therapy, sometimes that's what happens in our rooms for people. They're just they're they're anxious about something or they're worried about something. And sometimes we're the test run too. If they want to talk to a parent about something, mm-hmm. a lot of times it gets tested in the room and kind of shaped a little bit better so that it, it will land uh, more successfully at home too. I mean, that's with like young adults, I think a lot of times. Well, I think also what you said is is useful because you're right. Sometimes we're talking to you stuff about you stuff that you would never talk to your peer group about, right? Like it's not like Guys, when Caroline comes talking about dating stories, I am like, hallelujah. Like, give me what's happening. What was he wearing? I mean, you know, I went out with Caroline for her birthday two years ago, two years ago, and there were many men according. And I just got to sit back and watch and meet them all and then like deep dive on it later. Well, and Amanda has a backstory, right? So it's like this beautiful experience for both of us where I'm like, oh, she's now seeing who these people are. Oh, but it was like the most fun because it, it, I would never do that with like my 40 year old mom parents. We're not going out and like checking out suitors. Sometimes (laughs) we're staying out late at night, but not really late at night. And I'm not like, who's going to hook up with who? Like that's just not happening. But it's not like I don't enjoy that, you know, like I was 30, I was 20, like I lived that life. It was fun in many ways. I don't get to live it now, but I love talking to you about it, Caroline. (laughs) Well, and I also, I don't know what just brought this up for me, but like I have two older sisters who have really young kids, right? And I think there's something for me too about like 
Amanda, seeing you like a little bit further into it, that makes me be like, oh, I have like an idea of what comes next, mm-hmm. right? For like my relationship oh, right. sisters, for what it's going to be like when their kids are a little bit older, right? Because it's like this, it's just like one step ahead. I'm absolutely right. Oh, and there was something else I was going to say about this, which is, When we're giving advice to each other, I think the thing that's useful is that even though we're very different and and they've done studies and it's kind of like people, the most trusted people are people that are in your same religion, you know, your same class, your same age, your same skin color, right? It's all very similar. We have some similarities and we have some differences, but we have the same values, And so like, if I ask Sarah, like essentially like, oh my gosh, I'm having a hard time balancing career and family. I know that Sarah has the same values that I do. So even though there's differences, the values are there and that's really useful for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And I think um, even just sharing, not only, and that's kind of something you just kind of feel more than you discuss, I think, a lot of times with other people because you watch how they walk through the world. So you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is similar to how I feel about that. But yeah, when you think about where we are in relationships, where we have all been and like, just even for you, Caroline, like how old the difference between like, Amanda, how old were you when you had your first child? 30. Right. And and I was 40. So like that, even those experiences are different that we can share with you about parenting. Um, Cause I had a baby. So, so much later. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that we actually probably Amanda and I talking about relationships may make you never want to get married, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> How did I think about it? No, but we've both been in long relationships and they're started and formed in different ways. So we've talked about all those things and those are things that we get to share and laugh about. And, um, but you're right, like just balancing things. And, and I, do not attend Caroline's birthday parties generally because that would be really probably I would probably stand out for sure. But I do love hearing about it, and it and again, like even hearing about it, I hear about it through a whole different, I guess, screen than even you do, Amanda. Right. Well, and I wonder. There's this piece of like Caroline when you get amped up about your stage of life, like you'll give it to me, and I'll meet you like halfway. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll meet you, I'll get in there with you and I'll meet you halfway with some of the like energy around it. But then when I hear you talking to Sarah, like it all goes down. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I wonder if that is truly a thing based on different ages. Like, do I, does it access something in me? Cause I'm closer to it. So I can't give you the totally unrelated perspective because I'm still spinning a little bit, but Sarah's really not spinning. (laughs) I'm really past that spin probably. Well, and I think, I mean, I I think this is probably true of all friends, but I think there's something special about like the intergenerational piece of just like slowing it down, right? Like it just, you know, whenever we're going through something in our own lives, it feels so big. And for whatever reason, I find that like talking to y'all, talking to other friends who are like different generations, right? There's just something that like slows it down in a way that like your peer group doesn't, your same age peer group. I think that's absolutely true. And I think, again, like you even experience like the greater community differently, right? Like the things I'm involved in are different than what you guys are involved in. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, I think the plus of that is just having gotten to know you guys, I got exposed to different 
um, different groups in the community or I got exposed to different ideas or different information even about our community that I just wouldn't even be exposed to or have access to. Um, I mean, when I was off being president of PTO for the elementary school, you were still in graduate school. So, I mean, you know, and Amanda, you, I don't think you even had a baby yet. So like we just were in different, doing different things, different stages, but even now, like to stop and look at what we each do in our own communities, um, we're involved in slightly different things because of our ages and our stages. Mm -hmm. We are, we, and we understand probably a broader perspective of what's happening in our community because we're connecting on it. Mm -hmm. But I think even beyond that, Sarah is you hold a piece of history that Caroline and I don't hold. And so when I think about, when I think about what therapy was like, you know, 20 years ago, I have no idea. And Sarah just rolled her eyes and took a deep breath because I think it was very different than it is now. Am I right? 30 years ago. Yes. It was. It was really different, actually. And and especially specifics, like our approaches to specific issues were really, really different. I mean, I was still, you know, being exposed early on in my career to people who were hospitalized for being gay. Wow. Right? Like things, stories and narratives about those things. And I don't think that's very common narrative now in our offices. So, right, the yeah. things were really different and things have changed a lot for the good, I think, in our, at least in our field. Um, but I will say, you know, 30 years ago, I never sat in a room with a high school kid who was worried about being shot in school. So, you know, there, what has changed, there are lots of great things that have changed. And then there are lots of things that are really struggling and, uh, or not struggling, but that are really a struggle and have changed, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and new things that are more challenging, but yeah, absolutely. And I think even on that point in particular, Um, I think times have changed so much, especially around teenagers and being gay, right? Mm -hmm. And when I hear you talk like what you just said, you know what I mean? 30 years ago, people were hospitalized for that. Mm -hmm. In my brain, I always have to remember that. And I would not have known that because it, Mm -hmm. it seems different now there change has happened but i need to know that history mm-hmm. and honor that history because that's important but i wouldn't have personal access to that history if i weren't friends with you and mm-hmm. i find that very useful well i sat at i was at a wedding recently and i sat at the table this is like this speaks to age a little bit but it was funny and i and everybody at the table was engaged to each other and they were all talking about how they met and they'd all met on a dating app all of them <laughs> So they were all talking about what dating app they met on, what they liked about the person, what caught their eye when they saw their, you know, their fiance, like what was funny about what they wrote or what, you know, and I was barely hanging in on this relationship because I was kind of like, okay. And, um, but it was interesting. And then they turned to me and they were like, how did you, how did you meet your wife? And I was like, uh, through friends. (laughs) Well, like. Yeah, they were like, such a- "Oh, that's an old way to do it," and I was like, "Yep." <laughs> well, and for me, I think the other thing, right, is that having really close friends, like having the two of you, opens the door for just like so many more acquaintances, right? That are all ages, or so many more, just like people. Like I think about when I go to like a workout class, or when I'm just like in life, it just opens the door to knowing like, oh, there's no one who's like off limits in terms of potentially being a friend for how old they are. 
well, I'll meet people now that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a friend of Amanda's or I'm a friend of Caroline's. And I'm like, oh, and then immediately I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, and start talking to them like they're my friend, too. Um, but it breaks the the age barrier down immediately. Yep. If you are enjoying this episode and want more mental health support for you or your family, visit us at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. We're a mental health practice with offices in Lynchburg, Charlottesville, and Northern Virginia, and we provide teletherapy across Virginia and North Carolina. We offer psychiatry, individual, child, and family therapy, and even have some after-school appointments available. Again, that's www.virginia, spelled out, familytherapy.com. Thanks so much for listening. So let's talk about that because I think, I hope we've highlighted for everyone the benefits of kind of developing friendships with people that are different ages from you. But what what do we think gets in the way, right? What makes it hard and how did we do it? Because I think that's what we want people to take forward. Well, I mean, I think what presented for us was a work environment, right? A work opportunity. Although, Amanda, when I first met you, we became friends even, but it was work. We worked across the hall from each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But you did a really good job, Sarah, of reaching out. Like when I was in my really busy phase, mm -hmm. and this is, again, perspective. Mm -hmm. I was really busy with my kids, and I'm sure I didn't respond to texts, and I'm sure I was a piece of like so busy. You got it, and you just like kept on trying Mm -hmm. in a way that made it work. Do you know what I mean? Like it worked because you didn't take it personally. Right. No, you were actually pregnant with your youngest when I met, when I remember you were like in the throes of everything. And I think like, I may have even just made a comment to you even in passing going, it is really hard when your kids are this age. I think I even said yes. stuff like that to yeah. you occasionally. Yes, um, like, absolutely. Like, I know this is hard or you're doing a great job or this is like, we were in two separate practices, um, but we worked across the hall from each other. And we would Mm -hmm. literally just see each other in passing. But I do remember saying things like, oh, you are in a tough state. Like, this is the tough time to balance. Like, you'll get, like, it'll get better. Um, And things like that. So it's offering, I think part of it is offering, you know, some perspective in easy ways. And then continuing, if you want to develop relationships, kind of sticking with it, even if the other person isn't quite as open initially, it sounds like. Not that I wasn't open. I was just kind of slammed. Well, busy. Yeah. You're busy and you had little teeny kids. And I think too, like just being willing to make that effort. um, I'm not thinking about me in this situation in particular, but I'm just thinking like even in your own neighborhood, if you think about your neighborhood, like I live in a neighborhood where um, we have uh, people are different ages and stages of life. And people do make the effort to get together. But I think even when something's going on um, with another family or, or you know, even just at holiday time, just making the effort to like connect in some way. I mean, the connection piece is so big. Um, and, and again, not like you said, don't take it personally when someone is busy or is kind of in the midst of things um, because it's not personal. People in different life stages are really caught with different things on their agenda um, I mean, my life is going to, is going to change dramatically next year. I'll be stalking the two of you. I'm going to have my face in your windows. Like, Hey, <laughs> you want to come do something with me? Cause, uh, cause I'll be I'm just in town hanging out. You around? <laughs> I'll be empty nesting now after that. But, um, yeah, tell new face. And on the reverse of that, like when I talk about having kids, right. You two are always the first people to be like, well, come hold the baby. Yes, right. Well, come, Amanda's like, I will be at the hospital. 
hope you don't mind. Yeah, we'll just be there. Like, I hope you get to hold your own baby. But here's the funny part about that, Caroline, is I think, by the way, I'm obviously not pressuring my 11-year-old kids to have babies. Like, I promise I'm not. But I think that you having a baby is going to, like, take some pressure off this idea. People want to be grandparents. Maybe if I'm talking, like, 20 years from now. Having people that are a different stage of life will take pressure off of your own kids. Right. So when my kids are 30, if they don't have babies, but if I have like another person that I can hold their baby, I'm going to get that fill and it doesn't have to be from my baby or my kid's baby. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, obviously, I I think about babies a lot. I think it's really true, though. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember um, like my most of my friends that were close to my age, their children had were teenagers by the time I had my daughter. And I mean, they were fantastic supportive friends during that time. It was so helpful. I mean, if I never, my pediatrician was not my first phone call. It was always a friend that had had children always. And I'm noticing, I'm realizing this now that like a lot of my same aged peers are in a different life stage, right? Like a lot of my same age peers are married and have kids eight and under. Mm-hmm. or five and under, right? So I'm like, I think there's also, it's an interesting thing because I'm like a little bit mismatched with my own age group. And like, there's something really nice about also having relationships like completely just outside my age group, right? There's not like that. It doesn't give me the same little tinge of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I think that's absolutely right. I remember going to, um, because I had met, you know, you when your kids are in school, you meet a ton of friends, which is so fun. And I remember going to somebody's 40th birthday party. And it was so fun. And it was, you know, girls night out, 40th birthday party. Everybody's like, ah. And, you know, at some point people were like, oh, yeah, you're not 40. Like, so I was probably one of the few people that wasn't 40. And they were kind of like, oh, what were you doing for your 40th birthday party? And I was like, having my daughter, like having the kid that your kid's playing with, right? Like, and they were all like, oh, I mean, the look on the of horror on their face. Like, I kind of loved it. It was funny. And I wouldn't have said it if it bothered me. But it was so funny because the, the realization of the fact that they were about to take a big trip to Mexico or celebrate their 40th birthday, and I had been probably in labor, you know, was like so different from their experience. But it was kind of cool. Like, it kind of highlighted like, yeah, we can like, they. I mean, I was actually I loved that they had forgotten, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That I was older. And I also think, though, because there are so many times that we're out of step with not out of step. We're just like not at the same exact life stage as people around us. That just happens at all the time. Mm -hmm. And and we feel it. Caroline, what you well, essentially, my whole point is that because you have people from different generations that you talk to, you probably don't feel like as much pressure. Right. Or like, do you know what I mean? I mean, I think like we all know logically, like people don't grow up at the same rate at the same time in the same direction. Right. So like, yeah, of course I'm going to be the same age as someone and have had like a totally different experience or they're in a totally different life stage of like debating having their third child. Right. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. whoa, like Mm -hmm. that's a different space than I'm in. But yeah, like Just having people that are different ages, I think, is just a different space. And I never, and I want to clarify too, like when I think about you all as my friends, I'm not like, oh, my intergenerational friends. (laughs) I do. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Right? Like you just are in the friend bucket with everyone. 
else. Well, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think once you when you don't think about it when you're friends with people that are different ages. I mean, you might like when I might think about it if you guys are going out like several times a week or something, and I'm like, yeah, sorry, no, I cannot keep up. I think about it when Amanda came to my 29th birthday (laughs) and had a effing ball. I was like, (laughs) we're out. That was my best birthday ever, too. It was so fun. I heard good stories. I, but I mean, I think, you know, I I think being able to reach out to other people, I I do think that this country is a bit funny about age. I will say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, we tend to, we're not a culture overall. I don't say this about, you know, I can't, this is a big generalization, but there are other, other cultures where, you know, older family members are integrated right into their family all the time. And I don't know that the United States it, we have such a mix of cultures. I don't know that that's like really something that everybody's family does anymore. Um, so I think even kind of just mixing age groups is, takes a little effort sometimes. Um, but it can, and I'm not saying, you know, everybody needs to go for a walk with their, you know, 95 year old neighbor and be their friend, but I, I, it, I think it can be something that's so beneficial to everybody, not just the person that is, the one that is trying to connect, but the person that gets connected to, I mean, it, it's really, mm-hmm. there's so many things. Um, and when you think about the holidays, I mean, the holidays is a lot of times where you hear stories like intergener, you know, you hear generational stories mm-hmm. from family or, and sometimes you hear the same stories you've heard 5,000 times. <laughs> um, but those are, it, there's a real benefit to that. There's that's, you know, if you think about that's kind of what we're saying, that's what we share with each other too. Well, and I th- now that we're talking about this, it's interesting too. So I think about my mom's mom, Granny, who has died now, but she, I mean, she was 96, I think. But like she in her 90s had friends in their 30s, right? Like, and I think that part of the reason that she, you know, I, guys, I remember Granny reading 50 Shades of Grey because she <laughs> oh was- Oh my goodness. That's hysterical. About it everywhere. And she was like, everyone's talking about it. So I'm going to read it. And I remember being like, okay, like, right. But like, I think part of what kept her so vibrant and so amazing was that she had so many friends of all ages and she was just like an electric person to be around. Right. But like, she is the perfect example to me of like seeing someone who was in her nineties and had close friends in their thirties and they would like, you know, go to dinner or, you know, I don't know. It was just like, it's such a magical thing to remember. Research really supports that, right? It's like, you know, older people, they don't lose their cognition, like all that decline. It really prevents that. But I also think it gives older people a purpose, right? Is when they're at the end of their life, they want to know in many ways that they're leaving the world a better place. And they want to know that they're leaving with a legacy. And if we're not spending time with older people, we're really not helping them meet their kind of developmental tasks at that age. But we have to be, we have to, we have to give the space and time for it, y'all. We just don't. And we have to. Mm-hmm. I know. I remember it, I, I, um, my grandmother lived with me towards the end of her life and she lived to be 104. And um, my daughter was three or four and so I had to put a gate at the top of the stairs. And so I, it made both my daughter and my grandmother angry. And so I told my grandmother it was because of my daughter. I told my daughter it was because of my grandmother. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
one of the things I, I loved was that my daughter was never afraid of older people because she was around my grandmother all the time and they had this kind of sweet relationship. Now, let me also say my grandmother was a force and I did not like the name I gave my daughter and so would never actually use her name. So let's just say that. Um, but she was like the podcast. The name was never used. She was. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, the, the great part, you know, was that I, what I noticed was my daughter would be drawn to people that were older and have no fear. And I think that's the other piece that we, you know, as parents, we can provide that by modeling this behavior. When we like the fact that, like I said, I was friends with you guys made it totally comfortable for my kid to be friends with you guys. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and even Caroline had an experience recently where I think my daughter sent you a picture of because one of your clients shared with her that she was your client and, and my daughter was like, she's my friend. And so, <laughs> so the two of them sent a picture to Caroline, um, which was awesome. I mean, that's kind of a sweet thing too. I mean, it says a lot about Caroline's relationship with both. It was very sweet. It was endearing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it says a lot about your relationship with my daughter and like, obviously your client. And I think um, it's just, in, you know, again, like it, it green lights these experiences for our kids if we have kids, but it's such a, a beneficial experience for ourselves. So I think in summary, there are a lot of benefits to intergenerational relationships. <laughs> and I think maybe if you're listening to this, you can just spend some time after the holidays. Don't try to do it during the holidays. Try to do it like after January 1st, giving space and time to someone in your community that's a different age than you. Like you can hear from us how good it feels to us. So we want you to have that and and the way to get closer to that is just offering space and time, I think. Other thoughts, y'all? No, I think you offer space and time, but I think about like, think about the times where things happen in our community, like what happened recently at UVA. Who 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 was our first text? To each other. Yeah, and, each it, other. and it was about what do we do about school? Because school hadn't been called yet. And yeah. we were consulting each other and we have totally different grades. Like, I said I wasn't sending my hypothetical child that's to right. school. And that convinced Amanda and I. It did. You're right. You're right. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We all have to get to the office. Have a great holiday, y'all. Is that specifically to us or to all our listeners? Because I hope you, you guys do. Too. You too. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We hope you guys spend time with people of all generations. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to like and share the Active and Connected Families podcast if you found this helpful. And if you or someone you love are interested in therapy, you can find out more about our practice at www.virginiafamilytherapy.com. Again, that's www.virginia, all spelled out, therapy.com. Thanks again. 